Oh, Tom Parry. Matthew Boyle. Matthew Boyle, how's it going? I'm happy to see you. I, you know, yeah, outside. happy to see you as well. Beautiful blue skies. Yeah. Not care in the world, Tom Parry. <laughs> Not like anything major is going on, and I want to dive into a realm of escapism. Everything's fine. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's Tom, my attack. Sorry, I kind of blindsided you with that introduction. How are you doing? You good? Yeah, all right, thanks, Matt. Is that okay that I did the It's On That Attack bit? Because I don't usually do that. I mean, you know, it's a surprise to the listeners, isn't it? It's mixing mm. it up. I was, I, I was, I was helping, trying to get you into the podcast uh, and uh, move your focus uh, to this rather than uh, what's going on in the world yeah. right I now. I mean, this is the thing, right? I was preparing the, the podcast recording device, my end. And I thought, well, while that's doing that, I'll just quickly check the news. Just because... to see if everything's all right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean... Well, not everything's all right. Everything's... It's not escalated any further. At least. No, exactly. Um, um, but, yeah, anyway, I haven't looked at the news today myself, so... Uh... And this will badly date, hopefully it's badly date the podcast and uh, you might be able to it in the future where, where uh, everything's been resolved and uh, everyone's there. I mean, I, I hope so. I, I will just start by saying, um, obviously, this is a fucking terrible situation. And also, if you want to give money to Ukraine, actually, is one of the easiest ways to do so. I've seen in recent weeks, recent days even, is through 11-Bit Studios, uh, the the publisher, developers of This War of Mine, have actually put up a thing saying if you buy that game within the next seven days which started i think two days ago they'll be giving all profits to the ukrainian red cross so i went mm. and did that yes, very good cool. it's, a, it's a very bleak game but i i bought it in support of such a worthy cause so absolutely that's what it is that's dating the podcast as well. But yeah. Oh, it is dating it's it, but, you know, uh, we are human beings and we, we, we can't deny that we aren't affected by the, these things, you know. No, in some sure. In some way, at least. Um, okay, so what have you been playing this week, Matthew? Well, after we left the podcast last week, I took your advice and I went and downloaded the Cyberpunk trial. Ah, yes. A, a bit of me that was just like, why am I downloading the trial? When yeah, why were you disc? downloading the trial? Why are you sticking your disc in? I just did. I was just like, right, well, this is here. I click it. I'm gonna go out and about. I'm gonna edit the podcast. It'll download by the time I get in, rather than install the PS4 version and then download the uh, PS5. I guess. Like, but will, will we run into a complication later down the line or not? No, did, I don't should think you so. decide I... you want to continue playing the game? I believe that the save will transfer over. Oh, there's, yeah, so I guess. I guess it should it, be okay. Yeah. It was a very easy process for me because um, I can tell you now that I did. Uh, pay for cyberpunk oh, after the it. after the five hours ended i was so um into what was happening you know can I, we talk a bit about spoilers can we put a spoiler warning in here or i i mean, I mean it's a very early yes. game 
it's the first couple of hours of cyberpunk if you want to hear what that experience is like keep listening if not i guess skip on like 20 actually that's a good point before we continue how far have you got i have well to be fair with you i'm not really that in awe of the story so i'm not i don't really care it gets more interesting after a certain point the the last thing i did was um i got back to my apartment after saving that girl that was in a bathtub full of ice and like driving through police blockades and this kind of stuff but that's very early on isn't it it's about an hour and a half into the game uh, from what I oh remember. gosh right i can't say okay well i can assure you that uh things do develop from there and uh, by the time by the like the five hour point i was ready to part with my cash it convinced me by that point. I, w- I would say early on I hadn't quite been convinced, but I was impressed by the uh, the visuals and the design of the world. What were your feelings about that? I think the world looked fine. There was... Um, which story... did Which of the three oh, options yeah. at the start did you pick? So I'm a street punk or something, I think. Okay. I went the, like, the corporate route... Okay. I, I gave my guy loads of weird face tattoos, uh, as I will talk about in a minute when I talk about Elden Ring. I I like the character creator of that game, and I kind of ended up <laughs> making a. I mean, yes, Tom, of course. You <laughs> Why is it? Yeah, did 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 you decide to go for default, uh, small I, I, or large? I went for default. Why I not? I tell you what, I also went for default. It, it's such a weird thing. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, there is a thing where on your character you decide the size of their penis for no or, or you decide, reason. You know, you decide if you want them to have a penis. Or if you, you want them to have a can, penis. You can more, mix things true. up as much as you like. Yeah. So so it's good that it's got lots of options. Hey, I mean, you know, I'm I'm glad that people feel that they can customise their characters to that extreme if they really want to, I guess. It, I was just like, okay, whatever. Um, I don't know how that plays into uh, the gameplay if you ever see it again. I, I did get up to the point where uh, if I hadn't to put some clothes on, I would have left the house the flat naked Okay. Uh, after a certain point in the game. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't know how the people around you react if you... Uh, maybe they write differently depending on the, the size of your member. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean... <laughs> Fair play to CD Projekt Red if they've thought that far ahead that during negotiations you kind of get either a a benefit or a a negative to like role decisions in conversations based on whether your penis is showing or not. But I uh, <laughs> I will never find out, Tom, because I I don't plan to go down that route. I I, I would say though on on the, that subject that it is refreshing in a way, or it's sort of forward thinking or. To, to see that in a video game. I mean, I don't necessarily need it myself. I, I don't feel like it's a necessary thing. But it's refreshing that somebody doesn't shy away from that side of things. That side of the human anatomy. It is. It does exist. Yeah, <laughs> Whether it has any um, effect on the gameplay, I really don't know. But I mean, I, I saw, actually, it, it was really odd. We've been listening to a lot of BBC over the last couple of days, because obviously political events going on and whatever. It's just really odd to listen to songs on BBC Radio that are censored to me now after living in Denmark oh, yeah. for so long. Yeah. Like that, um, oh, what was it, that A, B, C, D, E, F, U song. 
if you sh- and no, this know is that. the thing, Tom Power, you're not done with the kids. No. There's a song that's just like, fuck you and your mom and your sister and your car. It's just, there's lots of expletives in it. And in the English version, it's like, forget you. And oh, like, well, there's been examples of that in the past. Cielo Green yeah, like, or... Uh, do you remember the F you right back and... Uh, yes, I do. I do. Yeah. But like, there's also just like weird things where like they replace the word fuck with forget, but then broke ass car they just say broke bleep car and it's like ass is not acceptable on british radio like who cares well, <laughs> like yes, there are much bigger problems very sensitive individuals uh, i guess so i guess yeah. it's just very strange to think about that again after you know not really being in the uk for so long and yeah. you've lived in devon on parry we've talked about it in this podcast before there's just there isn't that level of self-censorship on this. I can walk into a a high street shop and there will be mugs that will have boobs and vaginas on them as a show of feminist expression. Like It's not a thing here. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah so, so, so yeah, yeah, it is refreshing that it hasn't been shied away from. Uh, it is. It, I, I mean, suppose. And, and, and the game does feature more nudity as well. Uh, no, not gratuitous, but uh, it is it is present. But, you know, it is part of this world and part of this story. So, uh, yeah. It, it is it's, an it ad- it's a piece of adult entertainment, isn't it? Exa- so. Exactly. Not, not, not in the pornographic wink, wink, sense. Wink, of the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, yeah I, other than that, I mean, I kind of just started playing around with the character creator hmm. and... Like moulding a piece of clay, I wasn't trying to make any celebrity or fictional character or anything. I was just kind of like, okay, let's have fun with this. Like, oh, his eyes look weird. I'm going to give him big skull tattoo things to make oh, his wow. face look I like I didn't do much and... with it, really. I just tried to make him look a bit like me. He doesn't look like me. <laughs> but yeah, this, I... is the, this is the weird thing. I never do this with video games. No. I never well, why? try well, and make my Why own. should you, really? Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Like, I don't... And for <laughs> me, it's, it's experiencing stories of other people. Like, I will get what I need to take away from that. I anyway. feel I look I look like the guy from Deus Ex. Yeah? Okay. A bit. I've got a bit of a beard, and I've got slicked back hair. Other than that, I'm I'm fairly, um, you know, generic, I suppose. <laughs> my, my guy is very gaunt, kind of like... I don't know. I don't even know how I would describe him. He's... This is the kind of thing we should put on our Twitter. Yeah, I guess so. I, I can upload a, a picture of what my character looks like. I kind of made him look a bit like Zack from Saved by the Bell. He's very gaunt and very angular. Well, in that's his face. an interesting uh, direction all, to go in. I mean, he's also just got loads of like face tattoos and stuff. He looks like a skull. I made him look as cybernetic as I possibly can. He looks kind of like a, a skull yeah. robot. Cool. So, so thumbs up to the character customization. Yeah, for sure. It's really, really in depth. Um, so I started playing. I I went down that route. There was one moment. I don't know if this is the same for you. Ha- are you with a character called Jackie or Jack? Yeah, Jackie. Jackie. Okay. Yeah, it's fairly well realised. Uh, I think something's got to be said about how well um, written in the dialogue. Well written yeah. it is, and and the dialogue is very well delivered. I would say. It feels natural dialogue. Mm. I, I've not really had the William Gibson thing of every other word being like cyberpunk slang, which is nice. It's understandable. You understand But there is that, some. 
There yeah, is. no, for sure. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. peppered in. It, it, yeah. it's ta- it, it, I was about to say it's tastefully done, but like it, it's, it doesn't distract you from the world, and it isn't like firing yeah. eight million things at you. Like you'll definitely be jacking in from uh, time to time. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I will be, Tom. <laughs> I'm sure I will be. But like, it, all in all, that stuff seemed really fine. The, the moment I was going to comment on was like at the end of my story as the corporate whatever it is, I was in a nightclub. Was that the same for the end of your story before you went on that mission with the bathtub and things, or probably? Just, I think I, that well, that was the only moment of that game that I'm like, this feels really sparse and kind of reminds me a bit of Grand Theft Auto on the PS2 a bit too much. Okay, um, I didn't have that same sort of reaction to it, but I think yeah. I know what you mean. Referencing Grand Theft Auto, there, the atmosphere in that particular area was similar yeah. to. Uh, Maybe GTA, uh, which one? With uh, like uh, Vice City. I can't even. I've rem- I rem- I've been in like discoy things. The, there's one like, like uh, Ballad of the Gay Tony as well. The add-on yeah. for GTA Four, you know, adds mm-hmm. maybe some shades of that. Yeah, it, it just it felt really kind of like jarring from how realistic the world had been outside and then it was just like oh, okay. a really sparsely populated nightclub with people doing the same repetitive dance I, I, I didn't yeah I didn't feel like that about it but I, I honestly like I think I was just looking through it at a critical lens like it, it did like after that moment other than me talking about it now obviously that has been one of the things that stuck in my head mm. but it is it's just because it jars so much with the rest of the world that I've seen that feels quite yeah. in and feels but then quite again, expansive. I've seen more than you, so I've got more to sort of True that. compare True that. it to. Mm. But all in all, I I think it's a very well put together game. It's early days, isn't it? Early days for you, I guess. Yeah, I mean, all I've really done is do some of like the tutorial section and gone on that first mission combat seems fine i was a bit afraid of what the shooting would feel like if it was going to be more like fallout than like a modern first person shooter no nah, but it's like... very first person shooter no it feels very right. first person shooter it feels like almost like a call of duty game i don't think the shooting feels as polished as that but it, it yeah no it, it, yeah it doesn't quite uh i turned off the uh the trigger uh, business. Yeah, me too. I no, could I not do with I that. I don't need resistance on the triggers firing a gun. It doesn't add to it. It it just makes it more frustrating for me. So that that was very quickly uh, turned off. Fair enough. No, I I got through that first mission. And I was like, okay, I I can see why the people who were playing this on a high end PC at launch really enjoyed this. I I I feel that it is quite solid. I think if you're on the fence about it, I would very much recommend you play that trial. I mean, from the sounds of things, it only goes it only gets better from your opinion. Yeah, there's lots more to experience in that, those first five hours of the game, and I say it's only after those first five hours that the game opens up again. Yeah, but still, I feel like I'm moving down the story path more so than exploring outside of that. You know, I think there was a moment where I felt like, right, there's nothing else to do now, pretty much. Uh, I'm left to my own devices. There was something to do, but it wasn't sort of pushing me down that road. But since that moment, I did one side mission. And then, since then, back on the story again. Okay. Uh, I don't feel like it creates many um, 
situations where you feel like you can just go off and do whatever you like. I feel like a sort of like a bit of a push towards the story. Well, I mean, I think it's probably the strength of the writing, right? Because, I mean, you are not traditionally a person who particularly plays a game for story either, are you? Like, let's Mm. be honest, you tend to skip through lots of dialogue options and everything else. There's a lot going on. Your phone is going off all the blinking time. You know, there's like mission after mission is is available to you. And yet, all I'm really focusing on is the story because it feels like the game is moving me towards that. Yeah. Hmm. Fair enough. I'm wondering, though, Tom Murray, will the game have the staying power to keep you on that story track before you fall off? It's a game that I want to return to because I like the experience of playing it. Yeah, I like the feel of the game and uh, yeah, the, the, the kind of not knowing what's going to come next. Certainly got vibes with the capital V, and I can see what you meant last week about V. The, yes, yes. The, Your the character's word, called yeah, V, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. Yes, I know, I know. Um, I'm just wondering if it's different if you depending on who you choose. <laughs> no, I, I, I guess they would have to redo all of the. Oh, that's true. Voice work, wouldn't they? So that's true. Yeah, no, I I think with how fully realised everything feels. I did a critique, actually, of it before it came out, when, like, the first wave of reviews hit. And it was saying that it felt like a game where people had worked lovingly on so many things in isolation and then kind of put it all together and it felt a bit overwhelming. And I haven't really felt that playing Mm. it. I quite like the attention to detail. I do think it helps feel the world feel more lived in. It does interesting things like if you're having a car ride with a character, you can either do it in real time or speed it up. Um, yeah. I, I have been speeding through things a little, you know, where yeah. I don't necessarily need to read. But I think, as we mentioned uh, the other week, you know, sometimes it's to your detriment if you're doing that, especially if you're then given a, a question that you don't know the answer to. Yeah. How do you feel about the multiple choice things? Does it feel you're giving it, it's giving you a lot of control over what's happening or does it not add I mean, to it that for much me, for you? It's been very early days yeah. and like one or two of those choices that I had in my my character introduction thing i was like oh the, the fuck does this matter like does this does this impact gameplay in any way and a lot of it was because of the way i'd put my stats yeah. i looked at it and i was like well i i don't know if this conversation would have gone any differently if i would have been able to use the options that were grayed out to me so i don't i, know d- I do feel like that myself even though uh sometimes i've got to do uh options that are unique to me or at least how i've you know, chosen to develop my character. I don't know if those have really. I'd like to think they have. It's. Just, I still feel like I don't know if they have or not. Yeah. You know. I. I think if I believe they are, then it makes it a more engaging, uh, engrossing experience. So that's well, you what kinda, I choose. You kind of have to, right? Like I. Yeah. I think it is a role playing game. You know, for those who have come out and you know wondered whether or not it can be called a role playing game, I think it certainly is a role playing game. Yeah, I. I would agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is. It's very much a role-playing game, and it's very much putting you in that perspective of that character, both in terms of story and all the levelling-up mechanics and all this kind of stuff. Like, hmm. It's very much an RPG. Do you ever find that if you're maybe skipping through some dialogue with the Circle, that you'll crouch, and you'll end up having the conversation crouched? No, Tom Parry, because I don't skip through dialogue. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Good guy, Matt Boyle. 
That was just uh, one thing that sort of... There are a few little frustrations. I can't... Other than that, I can't quite put my finger on uh, hey, others man, I, right now, but... I was doing the training. I punched a guy so hard that he T-posed. So I like... saw that. I saw that. You posted that. I've not, I, I never had that, or at least never noticed. I didn't spend very much time with that training. I sort of whizzed through it as fast as I could. I just did it to be like, okay, let's see the depth of this game so I can talk about it a bit more. I expected to play a bit more of it last week, but yeah, world events, the way they were, I kind of didn't end up playing a lot of I games. I do find it interesting, though, so in a situation I have later on in the game where your weapons are taken away from you when you go into um, a building, and then later on you meet people with weapons and you can pick them up and use them. Um, however, in order to equip them, you do have to go into the menu and equip it. You can't just like pick up a weapon and then just press triangle and, and use it. You yeah. do have to pause the game, come out of it, equip it. And in that sense, it's very much like a Fallout uh, style game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you do have to. You can't quite play it like a regular uh, shooter. Shooter. Yeah. No. Okay. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine. It doesn't. There's a. Um, there's a Are you uneasy, thing? by the way? What's that? Uh, no, I'm mode. playing it on normal, actually. Oh, right, because in the first shootout, I was like, I can't bother with this. I'm going to just put it down to easy. <laughs> I, I I often feel that way in games by CG Project Red. I felt that way definitely in The Witcher. The mm-hmm. reason I've left it on normal is because I want to see if they start making the combat counters more complicated. Because like in Witcher, you have oils and stances and... All of this other stuff that I just didn't feel the need to engage in. Right. Um, and I want to see if there's that kind of stuff prevalent in cyberpunk. But so far, I haven't. So far, it's just been like, okay, it just takes a bit more time to kill people. And they're a bit better with guns. So, I don't know. I'll see how yeah. it goes. I've been learning just lately. If it's a story-based game, I'll whack it on easy. Hey, man, this is the best way to go for me. Like, that's what I've been doing for years. Uh, we've been talking about it on Tom Attack for a good long while, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, and I'm really starting to do that now, especially. It gets me, lets me get get through the games. There's so yeah, much exactly. to play. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I can imagine this getting quite difficult later on. So I was yeah. like, okay, I'll, I'll see how the first kind of well, combat counters are. You can't just run into it like no. I did. I was like... Yeah, not using cover. I was just running into every character and trying to shoot them in the face, and you can't do that. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'd like to be able to play a little bit more like this. Yeah. Um, but yes, even on easy, you can't really okay. do that. It's not like super easy. You still have to uh, put some play thought the game into the, the way they kind of want you to play the <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. It's a lot more health, though, I'll tell you that. On on easy, every character like, seems to drop health. Okay. So I think that's where they make it easier. I've played, I mean, at least that first mission in the apartment, I played it rather stealthily, to be honest with you. I just kind of ended up, Mm. like, doing a lot of the takedowns rather than using a lot of weapons. There was only, like, one or two moments where I had to pull out a gun, so... You can do that, yeah, yeah. Most situations in the game, there's an alternate path you could take. I'm sure it will get to the point, though, where doing that will be very fiddly. Hmm. You, you get a bit more of that later, later on. Uh, yeah, and you get to the point where, okay, right, I just need to shoot through them then. I can try and yeah. do it that way, but yeah. Maybe you'll have a different experience. I, I will definitely do that. I mean, to harken back to my experience of Dishonored and me playing that game for the first time and going, I'm going to try and do Pacifist Run. <laughs> like, it's got to a point where I was like, this 
this is making the game needlessly tedious. Fuck yeah. this. I'm just going to murk people. Well, the shooting is pretty fun. I guess there's something to be said about the shooting. It does feel pretty good. Uh, yeah. As you say, it's not quite Call of Duty, but it's uh, yeah, it's satisfying enough. No, I, I, There's I'm recoil, just... isn't there? There, there really is, There really is yeah. recoil on the guns, which uh, I guess meant to add to the immersion, the realism of it. Yeah, that's something you've got to sort of get used to. I mean, to be fair, like what I'm always afraid when I play a game that's made for PC because mm. they're generally made for mouse and they don't mm-hmm. tend to translate well to playing them on the controller. But I think this one's fine. I, I mm. the recoil did take a little bit to get time to get used to, which is why I did all the training. But the overall, like it, it doesn't feel like Fallout for me. I've never been able to get into it because the shooting always. There's a weird thing. There's a weird resistance in how that game functions when you're shooting that really puts me off. Mm. And I I don't get that in Cyberpunk. It just feels a bit floaty. Yeah, it feels a bit more console shooter like than Fallout for sure. Yeah. yeah. So don't let that put you off if that's something that's burning in the back of your mind like it was mine. Hmm. For all ah. them. Tom Parry yeah. seal of approval so far on Cyberpunk. Well, well, so far so good. You know, uh, I really like the game, and you know the fact that I've played it now six hours sort of says something about I played this as much as I played the latest Pokemon. I would say at this. Wow. Point. Yeah. You know, so it's getting its equal amount of attention as, as Pokemon's game. That's good. Um, yeah. I completely fell off Pokemon. If I'm totally honest, I went through my my One Piece thing, and I just there's just a tedium involved in catching the last couple of Pokemon that I'm like, okay, one day I'll do this, but I'm not. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm always like that. When I finished the main story of Sword and Shield, I was done with that game. Well, I mean, the thing is, right, with Pokemon, for me, if it was just as straightforward as going out and catching the Pokemon, which is what I enjoy doing, Mm. that's fine. But as I talked about, like, I need to wait randomly for one of those um, weird, like, time rift events to happen. And I have yeah. to hope that the Pokemon I want spawns in the time rift. I'm like, oh, fuck off. No, Can't I, be bothered I'm, with that. I'm yeah. not just going to sit around for hours in this game and like wait for this rift and then for a chance to catch the Pokemon. Also, Spirit 2 means you need to collect all of the little wisp things and I, I can never be asked to do stuff like that in this type of game. So, Yeah, I've only done a little bit more of Pokemon. I think there was a uh, Ursaring. Is it Ursaring? Yeah. The, the new version of it, it was going a bit potty, had to fight him. Um, yeah. yeah, that's so I, as you can tell, I haven't done a lot. I've got, I've got a haunter now, though, so um, I, I need to ask you how to get Gengar again. Uh, <laughs> you can, when you are finding the backpacks and stuff around the world, Yeah, you are accruing points that I've forgotten the name of. There is a vendor in the town where ah, you can go spend the to points. them and spend the points and buy a link cable. You can, ah, you did say. Yeah, you can also find those in the voids. Like, if you want, if you've got the, you've got the Stantler, right? Yeah. So you, pretty much what I was doing in the early game was I'd get on the Stantler, run into there because the Pokemon are really powerful, and just grab every single item I could, and then sometimes you get. But I don't know about the voids, so I'm not so familiar with them. So. Yeah. Essentially, what happens is if you're in a map long enough, sometimes yeah. there's like these weird time events because obviously you've come from the past and all this. Yeah, I've not experienced that yet. And you would just get like a big dome cast over the world, and there'll be high level rare Pokemon in there. And so, mm. you know, you can 
that's how I got some baby Pokemon quite early on. That's how I got Pokemon that I shouldn't have been able to catch until later zones at relatively low levels because they were in there. Right. So you should look okay, out cool. for those. It's a yes. risk-reward thing. It's, it's worth it most times, though. But if you just want to try and get a link cable, just run through one on the back of your Stantler and grab every item you can. Okay, cool. Well, thanks yeah. for the top tip. <laughs> Tom, Matt's top tips. Um, yeah, okay. So, Cyberpunk, Tom Parry. Pretty good. Big old yeah, world game. I think we can maybe talk about this a bit more once you played it a little bit more, because there's a lot more to say about it, which uh, I don't feel we can do at this point. Fair. Okay. Mm. Thank you for saving me, even though we put a spoiler warning. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if yeah. you're just coming I mean, to I, this now. We when didn't I found spoil out, Cyberpunk surprise. When I found out it's going to be a spoiler for you as well, I thought it'd be better not to uh, go there. Fair. I will at least. I will try to have ended the five hours of the demo by next week. Okay. But I'm not going to lie to you, Tom. There's another game vying for my attention. A game that I didn't think I was even going to buy, and here I am, about almost four hours in quite enjoying um have you heard of a company tom a little independent japanese publisher called from software mm, yes heard a lot more about them in recent years i'm sure um you know behind the such classics as Chrome armored Hands, core armored core uh <laughs> eternal ring on the on the playstation 2 uh king's field on the playstation yeah. one you know these classics that everyone talks about um, well, they've been they've been quite successful as you say in recent years. They've they've published a couple of games that have, in themselves, become a genre, a Souls like. Starting with Demon Souls on the PS3, then through Dark Souls, branched off a little bit. It was like, oh, what if you had guns instead of a shield? Uh, with a game called Bloodborne that I quite enjoyed but fell off. And um, then I tried to convince myself again when Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice came out to go hmm, ninjas, this is set in Japan, this looks really cool, I should play this game, and got absolutely demolished by it being a very hard game that required lots of stealth. That said, I I have always looked on the realm of FromSoft games. We talked about it a little bit of FromSoft essentially being Mega Man and that idea of Souls-likes, and since I fell off Dark Souls and Bloodborne I've played games like Hades I've played games like Hollow Knight that are difficult but you get a thrill in their difficulty Metroid Dread no Metroid Dread <laughs> see this is the thing right Like playing Elden Ring and thinking about my experiences with games like Hades and Hollow Knight has kind of put my, my experience of Metroid Dread in a weird light for me because it's like no I do like hard games from time to time just, mm. I don't like hard games where it just feels like bullshit if yeah. if I get murdered for no reason. And I'm happy to say, Tom Parry, so far in my four hours of Elden Ring, if I have been horribly murdered and I get the, you know, the classic you died in red text across the screen, it's because I was being a cocky arsehole. Um, for one time, for example, I wandered out into the big open world that is Elden Ring, because unlike the previous entries into the Soulsborne genre, it is a giant open world this time around. You start off in a very closed, confined space that felt very much like a traditional Dark Souls game, and then you go out into a much bigger world that feels... Like Halo Infinite. I was going to say more Breath of the Wild, but whatever okay. thoughts you both, Tom Parry. Um, 
so I, you go out into this big open world and you're wandering around it and you see enemies and sometimes you look at them and go, oh, look at that, there's... That's a soldier. That's interesting. I reckon I could probably take that low-level soldier, and you do. Oh, I could take him. Sometimes you walk across the bridge in the middle of the night, and there's a guy all clad in black with a giant sword walking on what looks like a hooded wolf, and you're like, something tells me mm. <laughs> I should stay away from that motherfucker. Um, and then there's other times where you are crouched in a bush waiting for that motherfucker to go away, and a big carriage walks past us, pulled by two trolls. And you know from playing this game for a couple of hours that in the back of carriages tends to be treasure. And you go, hmm, well, those trolls are trained to that carriage, so I could theoretically just run away and do it. And you do that, and you kill one of them, and you're like, ah, look at this. I'm getting good at Dark Souls. Yay! And then the other one pulls his chain off the the cart, destroys the cart, stopping you getting the treasure, and uh, proceeds to pretty much just throw you around until you die, and then you go, oh yeah, maybe I shouldn't maybe I shouldn't have done that. I've, I kind of forgot this hmm. is Dark Souls game because I've been killing loads of easy enemies. But, to digress, honestly, I, for me so far, I, I, I've read Twitter and I understand that this is very much a Souls game. It has been the most accessible Souls game, uh, mm. as I've said, because you have that distance. It isn't just you walking around tight, compact caves. Mm. It is you in a big open world, and you can kind of decide how you are going to start those encounters. Enemies react the same way they did in previous Souls games, where you know you you clearly have like a line of sight thing with them, where they will kind of get into a, ooh, I'm ready to attack you stance, and so you can back off if you need to. I I've really enjoyed being able to do that, being able to kind of wander around this big open world, and go, okay, cool, I'm going to fight these things. Half and you can run away. Yeah, you can. Like, you successfully sometimes. Other times, enemies are just faster than you. And it's ah. like, okay, shit, I shouldn't have done this. But as with all Dark Souls games, if you die, you, your souls are left on the map. You can go collect them. So generally, what I was doing in those situations, I think I've died like three or four times in the couple of us I've been playing. Which, to some listeners, would probably be like, ha, you haven't been fighting any many tough enemies. But I have. Um is I pretty much open my map immediately, go like, right, cool, where is the the nearest bonfire equivalent in this game, which are called Lost Graces? And I'm going to try my best to run as close to that as I possibly can. So then when you know, die, obviously you respawn, and uh, you can go and get them. This game, Tom Barry, it being a big open world, you have a horse. His name is Torrent. You can ride a horse. You can fight enemies on horseback. Ah. So, you know, you can just kind of like run into swaths of enemies and swing a sword and go, ha, 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 ha. Wow. I'm, I'm, sure I'm looking at screenshots right now because yeah. I know very little. I've seen very little of the game. So, uh, I mean, they all look like amazing concept art. Each one of these images I'm looking at is like, ooh, yeah, high fantasy concept. Yeah, I mean, I saw someone make a post on Twitter yesterday that was just like, oh, Elden Ring is a very pretty brown and gold game. We stopped making those in 2008. And I'm like, this game's you're doing this game a disservice by calling it a brown and gold game. Like, that first, one of the first shots you experience as you come out of your little 
cave thing. It's just like luscious grass and the big Elden tr oh, Elder Tree. Elden Tree? I can't remember. I apologise, people who've been playing this game. There's not a lot of story beats, so I don't hear a lot of characters talking. There's a big tree in the background. It's big glowy gold light on a beautiful sunset. And I was like, this game looks dope. Like I, mm. I've often loved how from software games look. They've always got this degree, as you say, of like really nice high concept fantasy, but mixed with something more sinister that kind mm. of feels like it borrows from Japanese mythology and some of the just weird, awful shit. You Very creative like en enemy design. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I obviously playing this on a PS5. Uh, this games look better than they ever have. Menu design still feels very much like a PS3 game, if I'm totally honest with you. Mm. But overall, I'm very, very impressed with Elden Ring in a way I didn't really expect to be. I yeah, I've no idea how it's been received by the the media. Oh, I I I think people are calling it one of the best games that's ever been made, and I. I don't know if I'm willing to go that far, but I did have... And I've often talked about this in regards to open-world games. I did have the same moment that I had in Zelda, um, mm -hmm. Breath of the Wild, where you're, you're walking over hills and, you know, the wind is kind of whipping up the grass and everything else, and it feels like you are having an adventure. The only difference here is... I would say in Zelda, you kind of felt like, yeah, I'm hopeful. I've got my bow out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to shoot this out. I'm going to do this. In Dark Souls, you, you know, you are very much at all times afraid of what is going to be lurking around the corner. And I think in Elden Ring, there's no difference. Hmm. When I'm walking over those things, when I'm crouched down, going over the crest of a hill, I'm like, oh, the fuck is going to be over the other side? And there's a real sense of fear in that. But there's also then a real sense of adrenaline as one point I was walking under a bridge, right? And I I saw there were the messages on the floor as there tends to be in Souls games where people can kind of use an auto text generator akin to Fantasy Star Online to communicate things to you. A lot of them are trolling, obviously. A lot of them are like, jump off you and it's a cliff, so you just die. But a lot of them are things like, Look out, bird. And I was like, looked around. I was like, what the fuck do they mean, look out, bird? Walked under the bridge, bat swoops on me. I'm like, fuck. Well, they were wrong then. Started swinging my sword. Yeah, I, I guess the game didn't give them the, you know, the tools to say, there's a bat about to swoop on your head. Be careful. Um, but, you, you know, like you get those moments of dread. You're like, ah! And you get that adrenaline rush that you would get from a... Mm. Um, a hard game and overcoming that challenge it's quite nice to experience is they, there a five hour trial version unfortunately <laughs> not I don't think mate um, I have heard from people and just reading like twitter discourse of people going into caves and like anytime I've seen a cave I've been like mm, do I go into that cave that's going to be like a mini dungeon is it going to be fine Sometimes it has been. I've walked into one and there was a load of wolves and I killed the wolves and I got some stuff. Other times I have wandered into caves, seen a very large enemy and gone, yeah, I'm just going to put this little token on my map to remind me there's something here, but I'll come back later. 
it's very much one of those games of I think I've played four hours of it to be honest with you just in the starting area because I've been very very cautious as I've run round because any time I've been like ha ha and run in with a sword uh, a surprise enemy will come at me or I will draw attention and more enemies will come there was one moment where there's like a small so in this game right I've mentioned these lost graces there's like little gold things floating through the ether that kind of guide you towards where you're supposed to go next and one of them leads you to a gateway into like a big castle courtyard where I assume there is a proper boss and on your way there there's like ruins of a small town and I'd kind of just been going back and forth killing people grinding up souls or runes as they're called in this game to beef my character up. I picked up a, a great sword from the back of a wagon and I was like, okay, I want to do this so I'm going to get my strength up. I should probably get some more health. I should probably get some dexterity because I know in these games that's how you get better weapons. So I started, started building up my character. I was like, oh, well, if I get another 500 runes, I can buy a, a, a cooking upgrade because there's crafting in this game well so like when you're killing stuff and when you're going out into the open world you can craft bombs or arrows and this kind of stuff which is nice because usually you have to buy them and that costs souls so they're kind of balancing each other out there i saw a guy it's like right if i kill him he should give me roughly 50 souls i'll be able to buy this crafting book and i can do some things that'd be nice ran up to him sliced him with the sword but wasn't aware that there was another guard coming from the side when oh crap Dodge rolled out of the way of him, went to like use a um, a two-handed strike from my sword, which deals more damage to deal with that guy. But in the time of me dodge rolling and trying to like hit the other dude, the guy I'd originally hit just pulled out a horn and went, and then about forty enemies felt like they it probably wasn't that much, probably like ten, but it just felt like oh no, <laughs> that mm. moment of overwhelming force that you know. In a Zelda game, you'd think like, okay, maybe I can do this. Maybe you know, if I if I use my shield a lot, maybe if I set the grass on fire, maybe I'll be able to get through this. So it's just like, oh, I'm fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. So does it feel like Zelda to play in terms of its structure as a game? I would say there are certainly similarities. I don't feel where I am at the moment in Elden Ring, and this might change as you play further on i don't feel the same possibility space if there if that makes sense i don't mm. feel like i said i don't feel that i'll be able to set fire to grass and it'll go and do all crazy things but then again, i did fight a skeleton warrior and he i killed him i walked away thinking very good about it and going ha 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 and then he magically came back together and i realized then oh maybe i need to set him on fire to keep him dead like so maybe there is a bit of that but i think that stuff has been present in souls games before what about not... how you move through the the game story um as i said there are these lost graces and when you tend to go to them they tend to have this gold light guiding you i would imagine it being a big open world like i said they're not i imagine there's probably bosses in the same way there are in zelda right there's probably fixed points on the map where you need to go to and you need to an, uh, achieve an objective and beat a big bad guy I'm sure that stuff still exists but I don't think 
there is, or at least from what I've experienced so far, I don't think there is like a a, a deeper running narrative. I'm sure there will be because there always mm. is in FromSoft games. They tend to be buried in item descriptions and stuff. Not but, even a simple setup like Breath of the Wild, then. Well, I mean, the setup of this is essentially you are what is known as a tarnished. Um, there's an introduction at the start. I should mention, by the way, story to this game, or at least the plot beats, are written by George R. R. Martin, yeah, who was responsible for that. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, many other things as well, but like Game of Thrones is the one that people are going to know. So, start of the game, pretty much, if you if you've heard of a little thing called Lord of the Rings, you kind of know what's going on. Um, there there was an Elden Ring. The Elden Ring was broken up, and because of that, um, loads of like demigods and stuff took pieces of it, and they gained powers. Mm. And so that is the big bads out in the world. I assume that I haven't met yet, but that is a setup. But every now and again, there is a place where the tarnished live, and they are fallen heroes or dead people who were left in this world they're the guardians yeah and they kind of they're kind <laughs> of revived but you are a tarnished of no repute essentially like everyone else who's been revived before you is someone of importance a historical hero or whatever and they've all got maidens and they've all got lots of powers and all this kind of stuff and you're just a regular person for all intents and purposes I'm sure as the game goes on, it will probably prove you're not or that a regular person can do whatever a god can. But the setup is essentially like, okay, you are a tarnished, like, go seek the Elder Ring. That has pretty much been it. I've run into one or two NPCs who've told me, like, well, you're kind of screwed because you're not anyone of note, but it's not really been yeah. a long-flowing narrative. And to be honest with you, you're I don't f- think you really get that from a From game anyway. Maybe you'll find out uh, you're related to someone like uh, in Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> someone will realise my surname is something important. It'll be fine. Um, but yeah, yeah but better. I think it'd be better if you go with that idea that maybe maybe a normal person can, you know, succeed and become a hero as opposed to having to have come from some sort of lineage. I, I like that idea. Yeah, me too. I, mm. I it's often one of my the things I hate about shonen manga is why I immediately bounced off Attack on Titan because the concept of that seemed very interesting, oh, and then dear. it just turned into a regular shonen story about seventeen chapters in where the guy is like a chosen person. Like, oh no, go away! They're <laughs> always care. the chosen one. I was thinking Dragon Ball Z, then even Goku's like the legendary uh, Super Saiyan. So. I mean, it's probably going to end up something like that with Luffy, if I'm totally honest. Like, well, no, I was going to say, uh, One Piece hasn't done that yet. He just seems like a kid with big dreams, you know, who wants to uh, be the king of pirates. Exactly, and I, yeah. I, I, I always, but I always feel that happens. Like, I felt that way a long time for Naruto. That Naruto wasn't like, he's got the demon fox inside him, but that's a curse. That is. Well, that's it. It's sort of like it's like Luffy and the uh, the the fruit, the demon. Is it a demon fruit? What do they call it? Devil fruit. Devil fruit. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it. But again, you know, Kazuma Kiru is just a regular dude. He's pretty strong. Ryo uh, Hazuki. Exactly, and just ticking off the three yeah, things anyway, that we now mention yeah, in every I'm, podcast. I'm interested in, in Elden Ring. It probably won't be a game that I, I pick up myself, but I'd love to see uh, someone play it. I might be have to check that out. I yeah, I it it's odd. Like I said, I'm probably what's going to happen is I'm probably going to put 
a substantial amount of time into this, like leveling up and going like, oh, this is quite good. And then I'm going to go into an area and the game's like, why didn't you learn to parry effectively? Die. And then I'm going to go, oh, yeah, this is why I don't play Souls games. But and so has it got a difficulty level? No, it's a Souls game. No, it's a, uh, from, yeah. Okay, they from, never have. From they? Software has this wonderful, in inverted commas, uh, feeling that the game should be played at the difficulty the game is meant to be played at. Which has resulted in a lot of people I know, like I said, going into caves, going, oh, cool, I'm going to explore. And then getting one-shotted by enemies and the game saving pretty much just before that happens and then them needing to restart the game. So mm. I'm looking forward to that. But at the moment, oh, I've not met any of those restrictions. Here's the big big question, Matt. What was the character customization like? Creation? Oh, Tom Parry, I'm so glad is you it, asked. Is it in cyberpunk realms? Or? Um, it is. While I did not get to decide the genitalia of my of my chosen tarnished person. Um, there was two options at the start. They're much like any Souls game, I think, that has come before this. There is a different classes for your character. Um, some of the ones that I remember off the top of my head were Vagabond, which I picked. There was Hero, there was Samurai, there was Wretch, which was just a person in like a loincloth, which I guess is the game's hard mode. Um... And so you could do that, and then you could have a buff or a slender, I think, with the two choices for male and female, or, you know, as male and female as you get. So you can make characters that are not necessarily straightforwardly male and female, which I, I guess is nice for those people who like to represent themselves within these games. Um, it felt really involved. There was lots of, you know, oblivion... Elder Scrolls style, like how really thick and thin do you want your nose? How far apart should your eyes be? What's the slant on your eyes? Did you go? Did you go all you out? Like, I did. And like usual I said, style. It's kind of like cyberpunk. It was kind of like molding with a piece of clay. I ended up making a, a female character, which I often don't do in these games, hmm. just because the way the face started to look when I was just playing around with the sliders seemed to me to be a lady's face, and so I was like, okay, let's lead into this. Yeah, it mix up a bit sometimes. Uh, say with Destiny, uh, female character, I think. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. But all in all, I, I think the character customization was good. I've seen loads of reports of people spending like an hour or two in there. I, I probably didn't do that. Still, my wife was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm just playing around." <laughs> yeah, it takes me back to the days of uh, WWF Attitude. Uh, create a wrestler in there, and we really have come. Uh, quite a way, haven't we? So. Yeah, for sure. I I don't think. Yeah, I I'm sure you can do stuff with this game. Like sometimes I was I was sliding sliders and I was like, this is completely arbitrary. And then I turned my character to the side and I was like, oh no, my character's got like a giant like concave thing in the middle of their forehead. Maybe I should go back and adjust that slider. I always try and recreate my nose. I've got quite a big nose. I I always go for that. So my character in Cyberpunk has my nose. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Like I said, I I never do this. I never try and no. like, make myself. I did. I did at one point. Like it's like the character actually in Pokemon. I think is probably closest to me than I usually do. Just because I've always called myself by my name in Pokemon games. Because mm. obviously I was a child and I was like, yeah, oh, this is my Pokemon game. I will call myself Matt. But I never really do that. How about your me character? Does your me character look like you? Yeah, my me character does. 
But what else did I make an avatar on recently? It looks nothing. Oh, I, I made a Reddit avatar and it looks nothing like me. <laughs> why? Why would why, I, I, I exist? There was a there's a quote I was reading in a book about art the other week and it was just like, well, why are we on a constant strive for realism? The world is so beautiful. Why would we why would we want to recreate it? Why can't we push past the boundaries of it? And that's kind of how I feel in the avatar creation, Tom. Wow, yes. Oh, that's quite profound. It is. There we go. And we started the, po- the podcast talking about penis length, and here we are getting all philosophical. Isn't that nice? Isn't that what you come to Tom and Matt Attack for? Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> Have you bought and played anything else, Tom? Uh, yeah, so um, on the theme of, sort of role-playing games, I've been playing Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Uh, on the Xbox One. How is um, that? Uh, okay, so yeah, it's pretty good. I I initially played the demo on the Switch because it was free. Yeah. Um, played it, kind of liked it. Uh, but then again, I couldn't beat Raditz. Okay. And I was like, oh, it's really hard. You know, I, I thought I didn't like how difficult it was. So there's quite a lot of information to take in in regards to the uh, combat. But handily, they do have some um, on-screen uh, prompts. Uh, to show you what you should be pressing. <laughs> yeah. So I think in time you probably get used to it. But there's a lot of systems in the game. You know, I think you have to learn this. Uh... So of course, for those not familiar, it follows the Dragon Ball Z story from the beginning, from Raditz's arrival. Yeah. And for those who don't know, Raditz being Goku's uh, brother, uh, who divulges to Goku where he's really from and uh, what what tail. he is. Oh. Yeah. And so, so yeah, it will play through. I'm not sure exactly. I think it plays through the entire entirety of Dragon Ball Z. Okay. I'm pretty sure. And there are some add-ons. I think there's a Future Trunks add-on, Story add-on, and uh, that's pretty cool. So um, it is kind of open world, but it sort of opens up in sections. So at the beginning, you start off uh, in the forest with Gohan, and you're doing quite menial tasks, such as collecting apples and fishing. That's what... That's how Dragon Ball starts, though, isn't it? I don't remember. Isn't it <laughs> well, goes on like a hunting trip? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And and so uh, then you do a little bit of fishing, and then you meet Chi-Chi, and she makes you your, your lunch, and you're introduced into these uh, sort of uh, systems that you can upgrade, like Chi-Chi's food upgrade system, so you can sort of, I guess, get better food later on the more you put into this upgrading the... the the ingredient i don't know you can pick up ingredients and make food and things so yeah it's a, there's that rpg depth to the gameplay then then it does elaborate a little bit on the story you'll get to master roshi's house where you're all having your big reunion after not yeah. seeing each other for years and uh, master roshi's lost his dirty magazine so you've got to talk to the turtle who's hidden it and then you can complete your first side quest if you want to it doesn't seem like you have to do that but uh and then you go into the next story beat which is raditz's uh arrival yeah um but in between the sort of the, the story cutscenes, you are presented with an open world where you can fly around within the open world there are little objective markers which will be side quests so they'll be the main objective marker or you can go and do some side quests you can go and explore and collect some items to craft some stuff you know so yeah, yeah. there is that Your usual more fire. open world uh thing the fighting uh there's random battles, which are slightly annoying as you fly through the air. You'll, oh, really? You'll, you'll meet generic, uh, I think like, I don't know what they are, maybe Red Ribbon Army robots or something. 
and you you just fight them and they're all really easy and it seems kind of pointless but it, it you know it raises your level i guess so maybe if you want to succeed in some of the tougher fights then you'll need to do a bit of grinding i'm not sure yet i hope that's not the case but i mean i, I kind of it kind of makes sense because hmm. i mean dragon ball is, is how it works is pretty much you go from point to point to point in the story right like Goku fights Raditz, then he fights, then he dies, then he fights Vegeta and Nappa, then he yeah. fights Freezer, then he fights Sal, mm-hmm. and then he gets mm-hmm. in the tournament. Like, I get why if you're going to make an RPG, you kind of need to introduce weird shit in between. Like, I remember playing one of the, is that the Super Nintendo, one of the Game Boy Dragon Ball games, and it was like you'd fight like Cybermen all the time and all this. Kind yeah, of yeah, I think that's going to come eventually. Uh, once they arrive uh, yeah. in the story. Uh, you get to play with different characters. You know, At the minute, uh, it's switched to Piccolo, who uh, meets Raditz first and has a fight with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, before yeah before Goku meets him? I can't yeah, quite. I think so. Yeah, I, I think so. Starts. Anyway, so, so you get to play with different characters. You get support characters. And now I'm at the point where Goku and Piccolo have teamed up. Piccolo's given his speech. It's like, you know, I don't want to help you. I'm just, you know, this guy's strong. So, yeah. you know, I want to get rid of him because I want to be the strongest, you know, kind of thing. Uh, so, no, I guess it's fun to go back to the original story, though. This has been played out in many video games. So uh, anyone who's yeah. a fan of Dragon Ball knows the Saiyan saga particularly well. Uh but yeah, there's obviously more to come so, um, as you play the game and play through the entire story, which makes me think it's a very long game because if you've got all these side quests in between as well, this yeah. is going to go on forever, I imagine. Yeah, I, I can imagine it being quite long. I can At least it goes to the Androids. I can see looking on the old Google because I want to mm. see how it looked. And it's very colourful. nice. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't say it's anything amazing. There's no jaw-dropping visuals, but it does a good job of recreating the Dragon Ball world. I, I wouldn't. I'm playing it on Xbox One, so I don't know what it looks like on say next gen, because uh, I've got it on disc. You see, so I can't play any of the next gen consoles. I mean, consoles. The characters look okay, but I was kind of hoping it would be a bit more Wind Waker than it is. To be honest, with you. it just seems like mm. they're in. Everyone's in very like realistic terrain, and yeah, yeah. It's not like the. It's more like I suppose it's not halfway between what Dragon Ball Z Budokai looks like on the PS2 and what it looks like on the GameCube. Because I think, do you remember that the two are very different art styles? Exactly yeah. the same game, but there's like a one cell shaded and one's not. So mm-hmm. it's somewhere in between those two styles. I think sometimes you can see the rough edges of the graphics. The anti-aliasing isn't so good in places and but it's not nothing that's too distracting i think overall it's it's a good looking game and it's very suitable for you know presenting the dragon ball yeah. world i mean it it doesn't look it doesn't look bad from what i looked at it's very like colorful that. so yeah very colorful game seems to play pretty well um you can fly around these areas as well and you've got like uh, on the trigger right trigger you can sort of i think one of the triggers makes you go down, one makes you go up, so the right bumper is one of the directions and the right trigger is the other. That's a little awkward. You can't get much accuracy in how you're flying with that. It feels yeah. a bit stiff. Uh, so I don't think the game's necessarily going to win any sort of uh, innovation, gaming innovation no, awards. I, mean, but, I remember uh, it kind of came out and kind of came and went from what I remember on a lot of podcasts at the time. Although it's had so many updates, so many... Uh, 
updates to the actual game as well as add-on packs. When I first started the game up, it was like, you've got this, you've got this, you've got this, you've got this. And it's like, okay, I doubt I had all that if I'd have bought it yeah. at the time. Um, apparently, the difficulty level was introduced later. So now you have now you can change your difficulty. Okay. So after my experience with the uh, Switch demo and having real trouble fighting rabbits, I was like, well, I'll drop this down to easy yeah, and see how I go. Yeah, boy. So um, I still find that the combat is challenging enough. You know, it's yeah. not a total cakewalk. Maybe as I get used to the game, it will become easier. But yeah, I think I'm happy with my decision to put it on easy for now. And you can change that later if, you know, it changes and you want a yeah. bit more challenge. So, yeah, I think it's good. And if you want a Dragon Ball adventure game, which hasn't been for a long time, really, not not quite like this. Yeah then I think they've done a, a good job here. As I say, the fighting does feel pretty fun, kinetic. There's quite a lot of options, what you can do in the fights. You yeah. Can, yeah, it's strategy. There's a level of strategy to them. So Okay, so the game doesn't rock the boat, but it rocks the dragon is what you're saying. <laughs> rocks the dragon, and it's got a uh, great intro that uh, mimics the original uh, Japanese Dragon Ball Z intro Cool. as well. Bit of chala head chala. No, something like my head all day now. Hey, Chala. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Um, yeah, so pretty good. I got it for 16 quid, which is what it is uh, digitally as well. Is that the um, ultimate edition or is that just... No, the... I'm afraid not. That is just the standard, bog standard edition. Okay. So I think uh, a called... couple of weeks ago, the PS5 version was on sale, the ultimate version, digitally for about £16, but yeah. I've done my old thing of saying, well, I haven't got a physical Dragon Ball Z game on the Xbox, so I should get oh, this one no. on the Xbox. Really? Yeah. It's also, it also helps me sort of balance my levels of installs on the hard drives, you know. Oh, so. Tom Parry. To be fair, now was, the like, having the Cyberpunk demo and trying to install Elden Ring was the first time I've actually bumped up against that on the, mm. the PS5. I deleted yeah. Deathloop, Tom Parry. I was like, okay... I don't know if I'm going to come back to this game. Goodbye. Yeah, I, I deleted the gunk the other day because I finished it and I thought, well, I need a bit of space on my Xbox. Uh, this is for my Xbox Series S because I downloaded the trial version of Grid Legends. Ooh. I'm just so going is... to point out, though, before you get into talking about Grid, Leven... Le- Grid Legends. Um, so the gunk won't go in the vault and it doesn't stay on the hard drive either. That's heartbreaking. Oh, if there's a physical version of the Gunk available at some point. But then the problem is I'd have to play that on the Xbox One and not the Series S because oh, I've yeah, got, that's a true. You got a disk drive. <laughs> I keep seeing people do this. I keep seeing people. Uh, this is the trap I saw coming of people going, oh, I want to play this game, but it's 40 quid digitally and I don't have a disk drive. And I'm like, yes, because Microsoft's got you in the greedy little tendrils. Ooh. Yeah, you want to have your Game Pass uh, where you can play Grid Legends. Uh, the first... 10 hours, apparently. Now, how long this will last? This is only available to Game Pass uh, subscribers currently. Right. Uh, which is an odd thing to do, I think, because 10 hours is a lot. I was actually looking at the amount of time I played Dirt 5, which I also got through Game Pass and have on PlayStation through PlayStation Plus. Now, Dirt 5, I've played just under 10 hours, and I feel like I've played that game a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, knowing that this Grid Legends trial version is 10 hours long makes me wonder how long it's going to be available for you know yeah uh 
but my first impressions are really good. It's basically track racing uh, with the same sort of visual polish as Dirt 5. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, a great uh, handling of the cars. It just throws you right into a story mode, which is really different. I, in fact, if you want to get out to the game's main menu, you have to actively remove yourself from the forced story mode. So you never see the front menu of the game unless you back out of the story mode. If you just play it first time, it will give you story, mission, story. And there is a bit of a story there that's told through some um, live-action cutscenes between races as well. You're joining a race team. They'll talk about you and your racing and show you replays of the race that you've just done. And it yeah. does help get you really feel that you're really involved in the world. Uh so yeah, it was like mission after mission, but there's a little bit of drama going on in the background. Like, you know, you, you might want to practice this track because of this, this guy's, you know, really, yeah. There's some sort of context basically okay. to uh, why you're racing and uh, what's Does happening it... behind the scenes with the race team. I've never experienced a Codemasters story. Like, is it need for speed? Is it more like... Fast and furious. Well, it, it, we're going back to the race driver, you know, like Tucker Race Driver, which was uh, where this series originated. Yeah. Um, I I really started playing the Grid series a bit later on when they sort of sort of veered away from those sort of story yeah. elements. Uh, I'd say definitely different from uh, Need for Speed. For one, it's not an open world type scenario. Oh no, I just mean so in terms of storytelling. Like, is it that like campy boy? Well, it's racer not. No, no, no. It's not. It's it? it's trying to be like uh, the say uh, if you if you've ever seen F one on TV and you've seen obviously the uh, the experts talking about the the race, the racing, yeah. and the the drivers, and it's that sort of style of presentation. I would say. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so it goes for a more serious news-like uh, presentation. It's not like over-the-top wacky characters. It's more sort of like real world, more clinical. Okay. So far, at least. Gotcha. But I've only played a little bit of it. It's just so first impressions were very strong. And I thought I'd mention it because I find this uh, whole trial thing very interesting. And I, I, I do think it's a great way to get people hooked on a game. Like, it worked for me on Cyberpunk. I mean, it worked for you on Dragon Ball as well. Like, yeah, that's I don't know right. I said, yeah. I don't know I said Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball <laughs> like Christopher Walken. <laughs> but, you know, point still stands. Maybe yes. if there was an Elden Ring trailer, Tom Parry, maybe you'd be getting on board with Elden Ring. I think, you know, it's a clever way to get people into games, you know. You give them a bit and then you take it away. And I think you have to give them enough. And I think I was surprised at five hours for Cyberpunk, but ten hours for Grid Legends? Yeah. I feel like I kind of have played 10, 10 hours of it and I probably had enough. How long is the game? Story mode It's the question. I have not looked on how long to be. I assume um, longer than 10 hours. If that's... Well, if Dirt 5 is like seemingly going on forever, right? Yeah. I really, it, it really does. You know, I'm only on chapter 3 and I've played nearly 10 hours of the game. It seems to be lots more. Um, but then again, on Dirt 5, it's sort of rinsing and repeating the same stuff a bit i don't know someone says uh we found one game grid legends main and extra five hours so what grid legends only five hour storyline maybe that's um, so you play through the whole thing there's only one thing logged at the moment on how long to beat and that is the case i've seen elder ring is like 40 hours long and that's really intimidated <laughs> 
Wow, so five hours, that would be really easy to play through the story. So perhaps it's just just an extra and the main bulk of the game's the arcade uh, or the championship or whatever they tend to call it. Is there online multiplayer with it? Is that oh, yeah, there is. Trying to lock behind the story, yeah. uh, lock behind the 10 hours maybe? There's online multiplayer, but only if you've got an EA account. Okay. Which, yeah. yeah. I must have, but I couldn't think what my login was, so I just sort of went in offline mode. I have no idea what my EA account will be. <laughs> I, I had that the other day with the Nintendo, um, like, look back on your 3DS Wii U thing. I was like, I have no idea what my password is for this. Oh, and that, that, that's a tricky thing, the Nintendo remembering it, because yeah. there were two accounts, weren't there, that you mm-hmm. sort of melded into one, and oh, mm-hmm. it got very confusing. Yep. And now they're continuing having... Uh, oh... The two different subscriptions. Well, can I can I just mention something, by the way? How like awful the European store is for the Nintendo Switch. I can't. Mm, go on. Right, what do you so hate about I it? I wanted to buy. I should have mentioned this last week. Is when I was going through my Othello buying thing. By the way, still been playing uh, playing Let's Go Reversi. Good game. Um. I, it's it's been my like I've got five minutes to kill game. I'm not gonna doom scroll. I'm gonna play some reversey yeah. instead. Um, I wanted to buy all of those reversey games I mentioned on the last podcast, and there seems to be no way to do like just add all of them to my cart and pay for them. Oh no, you have to do it one at a time. Yeah, but that doesn't seem to be the case with the US for some reason. I can go on like Nintendo.com with a US account and just add things to a basket. Some wow, reason, yeah. when you go on the Nintendo of Europe website, it seems like it was made in 2004 versus the modern website for Nintendo.com. And You're I doing really it through understand. the website as opposed to on the Switch? Um, yeah, because unfortunately, due to EU regulations, actually logging into my bank to like confirm my purchase is a massive pain in the arse on the Switch. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. All right, sometimes okay. I'll get through the purchase process and I'll go, yeah, it didn't work, sorry, do it I, all again. I wondered if it's, they have that system set up, because I've, I've not known uh, any uh, option to use a basket on the Switch before, so... I always feel like if you want to buy multiple things in one go, you need to add a specific amount to your wallet and do it that way. Yeah, but like it was a it was a very arbitrary amount. It was even the same a little bit, to be honest with you. When I picked up um, this War of Mine, was I I had like I had like seven quid, like seventy five kroner in my account, and I needed like twenty five kroner because you can only buy one hundred. 200 yeah 500 a thousand i was like i just want to no i want to pay the can i just buy like 220 no it doesn't seem like you can like it was you have the pay the correct no you you can though just add whatever's needed can't you you can pay the amount needed you can but it seemed like more of a faff to even to do that on their website than it was on the switch i don't know why right yeah yeah it's not perfect now make e-com things it's it's 2022 like i've been ordering off the internet now for most of my life please just but like you know it's typical nintendo isn't it i mean they're, they're a little step behind yeah don't get me wrong i mean to be fair i don't think the store is particularly well made on the ps5 either like the whole hmm. them segmenting it and like just just being a long list isn't great but it i works. like that there's a wish list now on yeah 
both Xbox and PS5. It works. I can browse it. I can search for things. I can add things to a basket and go, oh, cool, I'm going to gonna buy these four things in one go rather than, yeah, having a faff around. is a bit of a pain in the bum. Oh. Never mind. Well, that's a bit of a bum note. It is a bit um, of a bum note to end on, Tom Perry, but fortunately, we are in high spirits. We've got some games to play. The world outside yeah. is a frightening place. But, you know, take comfort in the things you can. Um, we can escape with uh, Goku and friends into a beautiful, colourful uh, world. We can. <laughs> we can do that. We can also, you know, walk around a really gloomy-looking field with some beautiful lighting in the distance in Elden Ring. Or, you know... Yeah, or... Jack into a cyberpunk utopia with cyberpunk 2077 or just you know listen to some more news with grid legends from the sounds of things <laughs> wherever you are please stay safe our thoughts are obviously with the people who are affected by this either through having friends like we do from the countries involved in this conflict or family members obviously um take care of yourselves try not to just constantly doom scroll which is a lesson i had to tell myself on tuesday and check yeah. in from time to time um but yeah try not to let it overwhelm you and uh, exactly. you know there are little things you can do to uh, help out so uh, if you exactly. feel inclined then then do yeah, those it's a good things. way of supporting uh, those in the ukraine yeah for sure anyways on that note uh, it's time to end the podcast, Tom Parry. Thank you so much uh, for being here, and thank you, dear listener, for listening. If you've liked the podcast, you can find us in a variety of places, such as on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom Attack, Twitter at TMACast, a game boil for me at Tom Parry 11 for him, as well as listening to it in a variety of places, such as TomAmatAttack.com forward slash podcast, blastprocess.com. We're also on iTunes. Stitcher and Spotify. Well, now that give us a cheeky rate and subscribe, let us know what this name is. If you've wow, been playing DJ Elden Boyle. Ring, um, which I know some of you have, um, I will say hi to my cousin. I will not name him. The person who kind of said, oh, go on, buy Elden Ring. You know who you are. Um, then let us know at TMA Cast what you think of the game. Um, is it for you everything you hoped it would be is it a bit of a disappointment how do you feel in comparison to other open world games that might be something interesting to talk about on the podcast next week as I will probably hit the wall by then and go nah fuck this nah, too hard and for those uh, who also play cyberpunk uh, what do you think of this uh, next gen upgrade I, mean, I never got to play the game in its original form you know kind of glad I didn't but uh, for those who did, uh, how do you feel the 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 games the game is now? And tell you what, because we're gonna do this. Apparently, we're gonna be on social media. Isn't that exciting? I will post a picture of my custom character, Tom Harry. Yeah, you post a that. picture of your custom character. I'll find a mirror. Um, actually, you can. Can't you just go into the like, the menu? You can get him. Up. Yeah, you can do that. You, get him up. Okay. Steady on. I don't know if it goes <laughs> that far in the character customization within the game. Uh, I'm sure I'm there sure. are. Uh, anyway, just share us with you. Share with us what your character looks like. Some engagement. Yes. Anyways, Tom Parry, as always, it was absolutely lovely to talk yeah, to you, and thank pleasure. you everybody for listening. Yeah. Be sure, as always, everybody, to stay safe and game on. Game on. Game on.